0: That's in his game, his whole career. But I look at him smiling. We go, My bad. Bad. <laughs> The long two. Bad. Bad. <laughs> Welcome to the first ever episode of the Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallace, and we are the least efficient fantasy po- basketball podcast you'll ever hear, but we get the job done. Natty, how are you doing?
1: I'm all right, man. How are you doing? What's good, up? Good. You ready to talk some basketball? I'm so ready. Let's do this. <laughs> Go Team USA, man.
0: Go Team USA. Uh, so for everyone, since this is our first episode, I figured <clears throat> we'd do a little background on us. Uh, both of us, we are both fantasy basketball writers for teams.com, which is SB Nation's uh, fantasy sports site. Um, Maddie's been with us. You've been writing for a little over a year now is that right seems like that i think this is actually gonna be my third season oh my god that right that might be right no. you might be right damn time sure. flies when you're having fun
1: yeah or just you know crying over all of your injured players <laughs> either, one. either one of those
0: things i mean both of those things ring true uh yeah and we and we finally have decided that as i have you know tried to take a step away from my NFL fandom because the NFL is a garbage organization filled with garbage people Uh, and and step further into the world of basketball. We figured, Hey, why not? Let's do a fantasy basketball podcast.
1: And can I say there are no garbage people in the NBA. Everyone is super cool and great. (laughs) Everyone's treated the same. It's just such a heaven. I'm just stepping into just like a beautiful
0: situation that I I never even knew how beautiful it was until right now. Thank you for welcoming and yeah.
1: Wow. All the owners are just like us, man. They're so nice. It's God, just it's really cool. So down to earth and so lovable. Yeah, yeah, and generous. You wow. know,
0: that's yeah. that's that's unique. That's something that we'll never touch on and uh, or see in any in any league uh, other than the NBA. But we have lots Hard to talk agree. about. Hard <laughs> We have lots to talk about uh, really the only basketball thing in the news as the season doesn't start for a whole nother month. And it's a little, little too early to start doing projections, but it's never too early Natty to talk about Team USA and America at its, at its pinnacle of greatness.
1: Well, I certainly agree with that, especially since game one is this Sunday Ooh. at 830 against the Czech Republic Put your game faces on. This is what we've been waiting for.
0: <laughs> I feel like I feel like nothing is more representative of America right now than the fact that there's a fucking plumly on the USA basketball
1: team. It's amazing. That's how it's... dark of an existence we are currently at in this nation. Yeah. Like, his parents don't even know who he is. <laughs> they're like, wait, like, which Plum? which are you, Mason? Wait, we, had, we had too many of them. Which one is it? Um, I mean, they're... They must be super cool. Like, maybe we should have more of them. Yeah, maybe
0: maybe this is actually how we will survive our retirement is by having just copious amounts of basketball players who are middling NBA-level players who still somehow get contracts and make it
1: onto the uh, USA team. I think you just did an anti-Jenks, and you maybe have money on the Plumley. And uh, I hope he becomes a superstar during this tournament. It would be incredible.
0: (laughs) He's he's going to be the guy, as we see with like every USA team. He's going to be the guy that like comes away from this that suddenly has lifted his like notoriety and status to a whole new level that people never expected for him, and he's just going to become this international star uh, and take the league over you thought zion williamson was going to be the face of the
1: nba for the future huh, no it's mason plumley yeah totally like there's an opportunity here for him to go up against his teammate nikola Jokic, the joker and if there's going to be nuggets on nugget like a gold fight i'm just so <laughs> down for that let's do this let's let's go um but the
0: fact that there has to be a Plumley on this team, obviously, it's been a, a wide narrative about this USA uh, USA team. Is the fact that everyone is bailing? <laughs> what is what is
1: going on here? Where is everyone's American spirit? Wait, what do you mean? No, we got the team we wanted. Wait, this, wait, no, I thought exactly I was. mean, it's the team you want. Go Celtics <laughs> team. Team Green. Oh, that oh, is it's yeah. just so ridiculous. I can't believe there's four of them. That like there should be a rule, you know, (laughs) like you guys have an extra month to prepare. It's crazy. It's gonna be perfect. When, when Kemba
0: comes into, when the NBA season start and Kemba and Marcus and Jalen and Tatum are all besties and they just start torching teams, you know who to thank it's Team USA.
1: Totally. And they know how to play together and the really ironic thing is that gordon hayward will again be the guy left out (laughs) and like might take a minute to acclimate back to a celtics team that is like a month into playing (laughs) and isn't that just how it works maybe they should just let him
0: on as like a the reserve 13th player yeah yeah yeah. like he should go to the games at least god (laughs) just at least watch and see how the dynamic plays out maybe he can hang out in the locker room like a fan
1: for sure. So it would why, be interesting to see if anybody actually goes to these games. I mean, I'm sure someone's in China doing like you know ads or something. Yeah, so well people will by. show up. Yeah.
0: So why isn't
1: anyone playing? Why did everyone bail team USA? Well, I told you my conspiracy theory, which is that no one wants to lose to Giannis. <laughs> which and is fair. I, I feel like that's a pretty valid conspiracy theory. Yeah, because like who the hell is gonna guard this guy? All over the world. No. Like there, there is an opportunity here is same for Jokic really right for them to dominate on a global stage. And if they do that, then they're going to be the ones that go into the NBA season with a full head of steam because they're gold medalists. Yeah, or no winners. I guess it's not a gold medal.
0: The Nuggets, the Nuggets and the Bucks have a, a real chance to ride this momentum. I mean, because the thing is, it's not just not just on the, you know, they're all stars in their respective teams, but also like Brooke Lopez is on Team yep. USA. So is um what's his name? Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton. And we've already spent too much time talking about Mason Plumley, who's on the Nuggets. <laughs> How dare you? What? I'm, I'm sorry, too I'm much sorry. Mason? I don't <laughs> think that's a thing. <laughs> Suddenly, Mason Plumley is just going to become like a third host to this podcast. I, let's bring him in. He, yeah. he probably has a lot of insights. He's probably got a lot of free time, too. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it is interesting. And I, Personally, I'm here for it. Like, I am totally down for a, like, young players slash maybe the people who are stepped down from that upper echelon of NBA talent going out and, like, repping America and just being – having, like – I think this is how Pop wants it. I think Pop is – wants this like team of like these kind of young guys looking to prove themselves and doesn't want to have to deal with egos and like James Harden like trying to show off or trying to like you know rest himself for the actual season it's like no I don't want to deal with that shit I want young players who are like here to like work hard
1: and fucking grind out games uh, you know and and
0: this is what I think this is the team USA that he was wanting
1: yeah, I mean, that's an honest-to-God real reason for why some people might have dropped out because they just don't want to have that type of coaching. Yeah. I mean, everybody loves Pop, but maybe the NBA players don't all love Pop. Um, you know, I can, he's ex-military. I can definitely see him being a bit of a drill sergeant and maybe not as much of a player's coach. as uh, For as much as we love him and as successful as he's been, you know, maybe he doesn't jive with everybody. Kawhi proved that, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it is weird that so many people dipped their toe in the water and then retreated. Yeah, like, you know, like 20 players just ghosted and no one really gave a good reason. Like, injury is a good reason, obviously, but uh, the players that just sort of backed out, it it was a little strange. Um, But I think it'll be sort of a good thing because... This team is going to be fun. It has really good players on it. The average age is 26. And, you know, it's Kemba's team, and Kemba's awesome. So just watch Kemba run the show. It's like him and Popovich are going to be incredible. Like, Pop is so good with guards, and this is just going to be – I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. And you and I talked about this back before we started recording and before when we were kind of planning out what we want this team to be, or this podcast to be, because we are a team. We're, we're team USA. Uh, I think that this is going to be a huge year for Kemba just going Mm. from Charlotte where, you know, you don't get any national recognition to now (laughs) Boston where (laughs) crazy as it sounds, uh, Eventually, they're going to take that team away from Michael Jordan, right? Eventually, the NBA is just going to be like, look, you've had your chance. We need to actually have a
1: functioning 30-team league. First of all, no one takes anything from MJ. (laughs) He (laughs) takes things from you,
0: (laughs) first of all. First of all. all So, yeah. It's more
1: likely that he takes the NBA away from Adam Silver than (laughs) someone takes something from him, like even a candy bar. It's fair. Um, Second, I think that uh he is a conservative owner in that he hires people and you know lets them have down years and doesn't fire them immediately and i think he just kept his gms too Hmm. long and i think they've made some pretty bad draft decisions but on the other hand they drafted kemba walker so So, yeah a little you know a little quick hornets
0: uh tangent there but but now Kemba's in Boston, where he's going to get yeah. all kinds of national pub. And not just because of the fact that Boston is a you know, one of the upper echelon teams, but also because the whole world is going to be all about the Kyrie narrative, right? Everyone's going to be looking to be like, how are the Celtics now without Kyrie? Was Kyrie really the only thing that was making this team bad? Uh, when in reality, it was Terry Rozier that was bringing everyone down from the inside out just to make sure that he could sign that Max deal in Charlotte. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Terry for life. Uh, but also that you're going to start this whole nba season off with kemba on the world stage and people being able to see really what kemba can do cuz you said it it's clearly this is kemba's team kemba's the best person on team
1: usa i feel like there's no arguing there uh yeah totally agree there's right. i mean <laughs> it it is his team and i think it's i think boston's going to automatically be his team when he walks oh, yeah. in too like Gordon Hayward might overall be a better player, but he's had a down year after having an injury that is devastating and takes probably at least 18 months to really play (laughs) himself back into shape. Right. So also no one knows what Gordon Hayward or Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown sound like, (laughs) you know, they don't really have that much exposure, even though they get covered a lot. Um, And I think, Kemba is uh, more savvy with the media and is sort of like used to being the star of the team. So I think he'll just naturally take over as the leader of the team. Well, again, we like one of the great things for
0: Celtics fans, myself included, is the fact that when the first time they're playing basketball together, Tatum, Jalen, Smart, and Kemba, it's going to be in a situation where it's clearly Kemba's team and no one's vying to make it not his team. You know what I mean? And so that they're going to get used to that and see how Kemba runs a team if he's in charge. And then, I mean, like, that is that is your brass of the Celtics, right? I mean, there's no more Al Horford. And we've talked about Gordon Hayward. But, like, those four guys are your brass. And so if if Tatum, Jalen, and especially Marcus, if Marcus buys into Kemba as a leader, the whole Celtics team is going to follow suit. There's no one on the Celtics who carries more weight in that locker room, I believe, than Marcus Smart. I truly believe that because I think – the longest tenured player, and clearly the heart uh, heart and soul of that team. So I think you've got now a whole month of them getting used to Kemba as a leadership in a, in a situation where, you know, it's not like trying to rescind – you're not rescinding power on the Celtics. You're just – you're like, oh, this is Team USA. This isn't our team that we're going to be on forever. Let's see what Kemba's like as a leader. And then when you come to Boston, yeah. you're like, ooh, Kemba's a leader is actually pretty dope. We buy into this. We're telling the rest of the locker room. Um, Really, everything is turning up Celtics, and this is a Celtics podcast.
1: So get <laughs> on board, everyone! Absolutely, the long <laughs> Boston. Welcome aboard. This is the you main. You think you're reason. better than me? Exactly. For the sure. Main reason I wanted to create this podcast. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. What's your favorite thing about Boston? <laughs> uh, I would like to say real quick that Marcus Smart shot 36 percent from three last year, which is a lot better than I think most people think. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm best he's done in quite a while like his field goal percentage last year was also plus 40 uh, and that's never happened before so he got better and he's what he's 25 he's gonna keep um, getting better he's uh, such a warrior i love I that guy so, so who,
0: uh, who is beside for beside for kemba who is the second best guy on this usa team because there seems to be a few candidates but i'm curious to see who you think is going to be that number two guy
1: well it's for i think kemba's 1a and mason is 1b you know like we can't yeah like if there's going to be any sort of fight in the locker room it's between mason plumley and Kemba. so uh, we'll we'll see who actually becomes the leader no that that makes sense but dude it's like so hard because (laughs) i mean harrison barnes i think is the most established player like he has a ring well but like i sent you his uh comparison stats with chris middleton earlier today and they're sort of similar and they're both the same age and they're both the same height and uh that's gonna be interesting to watch against other teams but you know harrison barnes won a ring with golden state and he was on the 2016 gold medal olympic team so he does bring experience to this. And I think that's going to be pretty important with a team that doesn't have a lot of it.
0: Yeah. That's so you think you think and you're thinking more from an experience side, or you're you're weighing experience into your decision here. Cause I am I'm going full basketball skills, and I feel like it's either Tatum or Malcolm Mitchell are clearly the two guys. Or sorry, Malcolm Mitchell. That's
1: right. Don Mitchell, yeah. Don Mitchell. Mitchell.
0: That's what I'm mixing him up with. He had a great sex
1: wide receiver. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Everyone's so heavy into football and they're probably going to see this podcast and be like, what the hell? Wait, Donovan <laughs> Mitchell? Um, yeah, I feel like those two guys are
0: going to be vying for that number two spot. I mean, we've already kind of seen it. It's often been Tatum, sometimes Jalen even, or, or uh, yeah. Donovan Mitchell who've fluctuated with that leading or second tier
1: scorer. Right, and especially now that Mike Conley's out there, you know, he's going to be more off guard, but that's that's fine. I, I think that I think that Donovan Mitchell is incredible, and I think he's a new NBA guard, which is that maybe you don't start at point guard. I mean, you start at the quote-unquote two, but you basically have two ball handlers out there, and when the number one point guard sits, that's when a guy like Donovan Mitchell takes over and gets to run the show. Are
0: you buying these uh, D-Wade... 2,000 and whatever, six comparisons that everyone's throwing <laughs> Donovan Mitchell's way. Everyone's like, Donovan Mitchell's beefed up. He's ready to drive it to the hoop and draw a lot of fouls. And he shoots but three-pointers better than
1: Dwayne ever did. This is the new Dwayne Wade. It's not hard to shoot better <laughs> at three than Dwayne Wade. But I will say this, comparing anyone to Flash is ridiculous. Like, the dude's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best guards we've ever had in the NBA. And that kind of... Um, comparison is like fun to make Especially if you can make the numbers work But the, Like Donovan Mitchell is A child in NBA terms And D-Wade is one of the best players who ever lived So I don't think Much of that statement <laughs> I do think that Donovan Mitchell Is going to have a great year though And I know that it's always sexy to say Utah is going to be good And I'm doing it again because I don't care I love Rudy Gobert, I love Mike Conley I love Joe Ingles And uh, I'm beginning to love Don Mitch. Yeah, I'm always amazed. (laughs) I always find it funny that people are
0: like, well, I know everyone's saying Utah is a sexy team. It's like, how how often is that? I feel like Utah is always a team where people are like, well, I mean, I would love to give them some love, but they're in the West, so we're just going to ignore them. I feel like they've been that perpetually forever and like, I've heard praise for them this year. Even still, like, even in my head, I'm just like, yeah, but are they, I mean, come on, Utah's not competing in the, you know, they're not going to compete too much in the West. And then they do. And Mike Connolly, I think, is a huge get for them. We're bouncing all over the place here. But
1: that's going to be a fun team to watch. I mean, one of the things about Utah is that their schedule is always um, favorable to them in the second half. So Mm -hmm. they always have good second halves. And so everyone always thinks, oh, they're going in with momentum. Right. And you know, their fan base doesn't have a great reputation, Um, but it's hard to play there. It's really hard to play there. So they have a good home court advantage and they usually have nicer second half schedules, which helps propel them into the playoffs. The thing about them this year, that's different is that Mike Conley is a real scorer. Like he can shoot Um, his second half, you know, three point percentage was great. Um, and he's just a completely he's like what people wanted Rubio to turn into. and he's already there or you know he's all he's at that level already. So I think it's going to be pretty hard to beat that team, especially I mean, Rudy Gobert is just one year better, you know yeah
0: no, i I agree. and especially if Mitchell takes anywhere near the next step people are thinking Yeah, of. And that's totally. And that seems to be, I mean, like I mentioned with Mason Plumley taking over the leap. <laughs> um, this is this is something that like people have impacts that playing team USA has had on players where they've gone in, especially young guys, they've played for team USA. They've had that extra month to, you know, play under a different coach, learn some different things, right. play with players who they haven't normally played with. And then they bring that into the season. And sometimes we'll see a couple of players take huge steps because of what team USA gave them. I feel like everyone's chalk and Mitchell up to being that guy, uh, But I am going to pick the Homer pick here. I'm going to say that Tatum. This is huge for Tatum. I mean, we saw Tatum; his rookie year was a monster, right? And then he spent the summer with Kobe, and Kobe was like, "Make sure you shoot more two pointers." And all of a sudden, Tatum just like became (laughs) what a a good Kobe. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I've been practicing that that one for a long time. Tatum. All of a sudden, eighteen footers was the shot, as opposed to you know sending all six eleven to him driving to the hoop and dunking on LeBron. Um, and I think yeah. he got in his head, and I just think I think this is a huge year for Tatum to be that player that we were all expecting him to take after the, that step after his rookie year. And I think we're going to see that. And I think this Team USA playing this summer under Pop, playing with Steve Kerr there as well, and playing with these other players is going to do a lot for him making a big
1: leap forward into year three. Yeah, that's the thing is that these guys now get – popovich and steve kerr just there's a bunch of other great coaches on this team Uh, i think villanova's head coach is you know one of the assistant coaches but um the thing about tatum is that i actually think that this season is more important for jalen brown Mm. um if he can't improve then i think he's probably not there very long i think they'd use him as a trade asset um but Tatum, like you could, if Danny Inge could, he'd probably give him a ten-year extension right now. Like oh, that's yeah. how good he looked two seasons ago. He was, he when- was the like
0: an like Boston fans who are notorious for being very cool-tempered and like not jumping to wild conclusions upon seeing you know a couple months of, of game footage. It was basically just like, oh, Jason Tatum is our like our MVP. That's yeah, he's
1: going to be a league MVP at some point in his career. That's what yeah. He that rookie year like i bet you that someone in the front office was like okay what do we think we could get for Kyrie and for gordon hayward and let's just build around tatum right right now right um and <laughs> it ended up that's sort of what happened <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but tatum car. like i know that a lot of people are talking about this is a must year for tatum and i don't really believe that like he's Last year was so weird for Boston that I kind of feel like you get to call a mulligan and throw it all out. Also Al Horford isn't there and he was the guy that really helped your team stay together. Yeah. So I think Tatum like he's going to be better and he, if he's as obsessively averse to, doing anything other than shooting mid-rangers then we can talk about it as being an actual problem but last year was so strange that tanking the fucking celtics after retirement not for nothing but some of this has to come down to boston coaching so if you can't get these guys who we all agree are talented as hell to actually improve then you have to make a change yeah no, that's right. I know it seems crazy to fire Stevens, but, uh, but, like, you, if, like, if Boston has another, like, down year, and by down year I mean they don't make the conference finals and, or maybe they, maybe they do, but, like. If they don't finish, like, a top five seed, I'd say. Yeah, then, like, you're going to have to really do something and, you know, like, who's your starting center this year? Like, is this team actually... Is uh, it's Time is, Lord, baby. Bring it. Uh, Let's go Robert Williams. I, I mean, sure. Like, hope, <laughs> he'll probably show up by the second quarter. <laughs> That's so unfair, man. He's, like, seven years old, and he made one mistake once, and, like, now we just get to make fun of it for the rest of his NBA career. But it's such a cool nickname. It is, and he wouldn't crazy. have that nickname yeah. without that, like, one tiny mistake. God bless weird Celtics Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, like this team is filled with people that have things to prove. But I also think it's filled with people that don't or shouldn't feel like they have a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. Like what is outside of Jalen Brown just sort of getting to play on a team that doesn't have a soap opera going on? Like, all he really has to concentrate on is getting his free throw percentage up and the rest will follow. He'll score more, you know? Like, his defense is great. Yeah. Um, Tatum has to change his shot selection, but... Uh, he still can shoot.
0: Yeah. Like, he still has great
1: numbers. He, like, the amount of teams that would trade for Tatum is everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's every other team, maybe not the Clippers, but, like, every other team wants a player like that on the wing right and he's i mean is he even 23 like what how no he's he's like baby
0: He like turned 21 the end of his soft
1: uh, his rookie year which is just yeah come on like it people are so young coming into the nba now with so little experience because they just don't play in college as much so that's that many fewer games that I think you have to give people 3 years. We mm-hmm. used to give them 2, you know, you got your sophomore slump and then year 3, you 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 should be an NBA player. Right. And now I think you should give it the whole rookie contract like if year 4 comes around and you aren't showing improvement then we can talk about it being a problem. But yeah. like these guys <laughs> have like no games under their belts and college isn't even a full game you know it's 20 minute halves totally yeah
0: no it's crazy and like Kyrie for all the shit that people want to give Kyrie he's 27 he's a year younger than I am like fuck if I had anything figured like if I was in that situation there's no way I would know what I want or like he's still learning who he is as a player who he is as a leader so it's you have to like you have to remember the age of these players and the eight like and what your headspace was when you were that age and just like kind of recalibrate things
1: Also, who the hell wouldn't rather live in Brooklyn than Brookline? (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, Kyrie is a young man who's totally awesome at his job. He's a doctor of basketball. He shouldn't have to take any shit from anybody. He has a ring. He's made one of the most crucial shots in NBA history. He's basically the only person in the whole wide world who told LeBron James to fuck off. (laughs) And, like, he's gotten everything that he's wanted. So... (laughs) Next year, he gets Kevin Durant. And this year, he has a newly signed Carousel Vert and a team that is nothing but potential. Um, and so, I mean, I think Kyrie won. I think he's going to be great this year. And, you know, a Nets Celtics seven game series in the playoffs will be incredible. <laughs>
0: there those there will be butts and seats for that
1: uh before we move on we're going
0: to take a quick ad break but following that we are going to talk about which nba teams we think could beat this uh this team usa which spoiler alert there are many i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons Okay, so like we said before the break, uh, we are talking about which NBA teams we think can beat this Team USA team. And uh, Natty, I know you said you had like a list of nine teams that you think could take down this team.
1: Yeah, so first let's just talk about the Team USA roster because um, uh, just to give people like an idea of what's going on. Sure. So we have Kemba Walker, Donovan Mitchell, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Joe Harris, who was one of the best three point shooters in the NBA last year, Derek white, who's one of the best young defense. I mean, the Spurs just have like all these young crazy limbed guards that are nuts on defense and their shot will develop. They hope because you know, it worked with Kawhi, uh, Harrison Barnes, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Brooke Lopez, Miles Turner, who should have been on second team all defense last year and is just incredible everywhere but rebounding, uh, and the one, the only Mason Plumlee. Of course. So uh, if you watched the NBA last year and you recognize those names, what you're probably wondering is, oh, shit, we're a little light on rebounding, Um, and that's true. Neither Brooke Lopez nor Miles Turner is really known for their boards acumen, None of the and I mean, Miles Turner wasn't even in the top fifty last season, but that's like they're not going up against NBA team centers in uh in FIBA, so I don't know if that'll be as big of a deal, but going up against other teams in the NBA, it certainly would be, uh not against Charlotte, though. <laughs> <laughs> so there's at least one team, one NBA team, we know this FIBA team could be, like I love uncle marv you know that i you know i thought malik monk was gonna be the shit um that there's like you could assemble a college team that could beat charlotte i believe that (laughs) i (laughs) I just
0: scary terry takes over
1: yeah that's so funny i like he got a big contract and has a chip on his shoulder i mean maybe it'll work out Maybe like
0: it might might. and if it does then all of a sudden you could have something, but it
1: also might not. You know, like they're like Nick Batum is still young. I love Miles Bridges and Uncle Marv. Um, and then, God, is Cody Zeller their starting center? Um, but like, there's there are teams that are going to be bad out of the gate, and if Charlotte is not one of them then they could just be a trade away from being, you know, a middling East team, which means that you can make the playoffs. Right. And, you know, it seems okay. like Michael Jordan really wants to make the playoffs and why wouldn't he? Uh, so, you know, if everything broke, right. And Charlotte made a trade for a really good player, then they could be good, but they suck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, We'll say, we'll leave it at that until they make something drastic. Um, Do you want to give a list of your NBA teams? Because I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I might actually have nine teams too who I think could beat this FIBA team, but I'll let you go first.
1: Okay. Uh, I think Cleveland is totally rotten and would lose to this FIBA team. I think Memphis would lose. I think Washington, D.C. would lose. I think the Knicks would lose. The Suns, the Hawks, Dallas, and Orlando. Those are the teams that I'm pretty sure would lose. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did.
0: I listed the teams who I think could beat this FIBA team. So I had Warriors, Rockets, Nuggets, Lakers, Clippers, Trailblazers from the West. Sure. Bucks, Sixers, Nets, and then Trey Young by himself in the East.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like a team of Trey Youngs, or it's just just Trey Young by himself. Trey
0: Young by himself would beat this FIBA team he was so good after
1: the all-star break last year. He well, was so evidently,
0: good. evidently like in practice slash tryout slash whatever things were, you know, in intramural stuff for the FIBA team, he was just like roasting everyone and then yeah. got injured or something or, or realized that he wasn't going to have a real role on this team because pop liked, uh, you know, uh, whatever his name is white Moore. uh, yeah, duh. His own player that can play defense. Yeah. Shocker. My God. So then yeah. young was like, all right, screw this. I'm out. Um, but evidently he was just like roasting the whole team by
1: himself in practice. So I was like, all right, cool, Trey Young's gonna take this team down. And that's sort of the thing. Like, I do think that was a good decision because there's no reason to waste a roster spot on someone that can't play defense and Trey Young can't play defense right. yet. Right. He's young. Um, but the Hawks are going to have a lot of really high scoring games and other teams will look good playing them just because Atlanta's defense is going to be at least the backcourt, like not great. Yeah,
0: no. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it's It's building a team rather than just like, all right, we're going to throw all our, you know, 12 best young players that we can, and you got to actually build a, a roster. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on for Team USA?
1: Oh, oh, wait. So you named the teams that you think would beat them, and yeah. I don't think you said Detroit. Did you say Detroit? I did not say Detroit, but you're right. I, wow. I, I, I'm, I'm wow. sorry, Daddy.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> I, like,
1: in my head, they made my, the playoffs.
0: <laughs> in my head. Who
1: the hell do you think you are, man? <laughs>
0: I just have a I forget that Detroit has Blake Griffin on it. And and in my head, I'm just like, oh no, Detroit's garbage. Let's completely ignore them. They would, they would, they would probably beat this FIBA team, especially since like we talked about rebounding wise. Like no one's gonna go up against Blake or Drummond for the boards. You're goddamn right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) They're the best front court in the NBA, maybe ever. (laughs) So I yeah, just I mean, <laughs> hey, I just want to point out
0: I didn't say the Celtics because that would just be Gordon Hayward and a bunch of bench guys versus the four
1: best people on the Celtics. Oh, but what about Semi Ojele or whatever oh, his name is? Semi Ojele is going to Semi excuse to be me. Our, our
0: rock is going to be our, our secret piece that we're going to use to just shut down Giannis Tentacumpo because Semi Ojele does a thousand bicep curls a morning.
1: I will say this: The Celtics are going to make a trade this season, and it will be fascinating to see who they target and why. Yeah, um, they are. Like, if they get themselves a good, I mean,
0: have we talked about this before? Have we talked about the like this small, beautiful world in which the Pacers Oladipo doesn't come back healthy or Oladipo gets injured again? The Pacers decide to blow things up and they trade Miles Turner.
1: Can we talk about this for a hot sec? Sure. It you know, it ties in with both topics, which is Celtics and Team USA. I mean, this is what we're talking about the podcast. Sure. So let's look at it through the Miles Turner lens. Miles Turner, he is basically a pretty okay three-point shooter. He made 76 total in uh, on 38% shooting from three, and Embiid shot 79 total on 30%. So in similar minutes he's not great on the boards like we said but he's a titanic strong player and he blocks every single shot in the whole world um you can you know see him playing Giannis. like i think he's going to be the guy that actually guards Giannis. uh he's one of these new nba front court players who have to be able to defend the perimeter and uh he can do that um him on the Celtics would look great. And I think it would look, it would make sense on paper. I don't think that's the center I would want if I was Boston. Like I think that the Raptors will probably be more willing to sell. And I think I'd rather have Marcus hole or Serge Ibaka than miles Turner, just because like miles Turner also needs to be fed and Fair. you know he's a young player trying to make his name uh so if you're gonna trade him away like if he's not just gonna be a vacuum on the glass then he's gonna need to be an offensive player right and yeah. there's only I, I mean that's the hidden like fault line in the celtics again this year is uh who gets the shots and when right like who clo- is Kemba is gonna close for the celtics because if he does, then isn't that the same problem you had last year with Tatum? Mm,
0: yeah, I think if Kemba's still closing, I trust Kemba. Unless unless, unless Tatum shows that he is willing to shoot something other than an 18-footer. I know I'm bad-mouthing right. the long two on the long two podcast, but <laughs> I, mean, I, I have to think of J- Tatum's uh, ability to reach full pinnacle excellence.
1: Yeah, we should say, it's not that Tatum took long twos we love long twos here DeMar chosen as one of our favorite players amen it's that he only did that yes, you know that, like that was the he, only shot that he ever allowed himself to take like he when, wouldn't go in for like i, I mean the like whole thing was just so bizarre
0: with like a 30 foot wingspan and can you know can do Giannis stuff can do Giannis and durant stuff or long around the rim and wasn't doing it
1: yeah. So it's, but like I said, man, I think you just have to throw away that year because it was just so strange. Yeah, like, what lessons are you supposed to take from that season? No, nothing. Just the fact that it did not work in any also, of imagination. Danny Hinge, like, he lost some good players, and that Brooklyn trade didn't end up getting him anything except Tatum, right? So, yeah. And Jaylen.
0: uh Sure. Like, yeah maybe that's something. Yeah, no. It's the the Brooklyn trade went from looking freaking incredible to being, well, okay, a little less, a little less incredible.
1: But that's the way it goes. Like that's what the process was all about. It's yeah. not the fact that you're going to win every trade or every draft pick. I mean, Philly, you know, didn't do that well with a couple of their draft picks look for uh it's that you have so many chances right like that's what asset acquisition is all about it's having more chances
0: yep uh do you want to talk about
1: dwight howard returning to la because you can't quit it yo do i ever oh my god what a great signing so under the radar this is amazing i would just like to say that this is happening because of Kawhi.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the Lakers reeling because Kawhi was like, I'm going to go to the... Yeah. Country.
1: Like, whether Kawhi did sabotage both the Lakers and the Raptors in free agency because he's so ninja or whether that just sort of ended up happening and the Paul George thing just, like, came out of nowhere and all of a sudden that was a possibility. Uh, it doesn't matter because both the Lakers and the Raptors were seriously harmed by not being able to go after people in free agency. Yeah. Like, think about how different Free agency would have looked if the Kawhi and Paul George thing had been announced before free agency began. Oh, yeah. Like, ever. I mean, everything would look different, probably. So. But it's now we can fight uh, back in LA, which is exactly what the NBA world wants. I love the fact that he's yeah,
0: got, he's signed Jesus. and there's already been a warning. Like the, the, the Lakers have already warned him that basically if he does anything, he's out, <laughs> which just like already has the makings of a great relationship. It's like when you start a relationship with someone and you're like, hey, by the way, I reserve the right to, if you do anything stupid, I'm going to just dump your ass. Like immediately, no conversation.
1: I don't think do- that that's going to pan out for them. Like, I was trying to think of similar situations, and the only thing I could really think of with how strange this is, is Richie Incognito. Like, (laughs) the dude keeps getting signed, and he's, like, clearly a problem. And uh, it's just, it's so bizarre to know in the public eye that, like, someone just isn't liked You know, like Dwight Howard, if Dwight Howard wasn't Dwight Howard, he'd totally be a fine backup center, like especially for no money. Like, who you know, people would be lauding this, the Lakers. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that's such a savvy thing to do Um, because there is upside. He's not that old, Um, but he is his reputation and him as a real person probably isn't reflected by his reputation. But it is so strange to know by everyone that like this dude just isn't liked you know yeah no it like well, just I mean, doesn't get a he irritates people yeah
0: well it's just the fact that it seems like he's not willing to like buy into what's required of him being now like a bench center or you know a role player you know it's like he still has this vision of himself or clearly see, you know doesn't want to do the nitty-gritty of setting picks and getting down by the rim and like that kind of stuff he wants to kind of hover around in his you know post and uh and kind of work from there so I think if they can get him to buy in and like accept his role, which I know every single offseason someone was there's a bunch of things that were going around about how Dwight Howard losing 20 pounds. is like a summer tradition for him. They're like going into every year. It's like Dwight Howard's lost 25 pounds. Um, But, uh, I mean, maybe if I lost 20 pounds, I'd want the media to talk about it too. (laughs) Damn it. If I did all that work, God damn it. I would broadcast that thing everywhere. Yeah. I will say the biggest thing that's going for Lakers fans, uh, and for Dwight Howard fans is that the Lakers haven't made the playoffs (laughs) since 2012 when he left, which I think that damn, if they make the playoffs this year, it's officially Dwight Howard's team. I think LeBron and AD lose all right to call it their team because Dwight Howard is the one who took them to the playoffs. They weren't able to make it with LeBron and now he's back and they can make it to the playoffs. It's officially then Dwight Howard's team. So
1: you just described a world in which Dwight Howard takes over the Lakers, which is led by LeBron James. And then there's also Anthony Davis there. And I think that's going to happen too. I think this is how, those are the rules of basketball. If you, if also, you, dude, my God, the Venn diagram of Lakers fans and Dwight Howard fans said, must have connect. such a strange <laughs> connect. Like, like <laughs> there's people in L.A., I'm sure, who still have a Howard jersey and now they get to wrap it again. Oh, it's yeah. It's not bad. Oh, it's incredible. No,
0: it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, like, marriage. I mean, because when it happened the first time, everyone was like, oh, my God, this is Shaq 2.0. Like, the Lakers are getting themselves the yeah. other big men from Orlando in, like, the right. peak, and we're going to do this with Steve Nash. Uh, and then it did not happen. It failed miserably. Then Dwight bounced around a bunch, and now he's back uh, and is going to lead the Lakers to the playoffs again after, whatever, a, a six-year, eight-year drought? That's... That's that is king of LA to talk right there. That's that is Dwight Howard's potential right now to return to
1: become the king of LA. Like, he'll he'll have to be in Space Jam 2 just because <laughs> he'll replace like, LeBron in Space Jam 2. Yeah, 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 totally. This That's is a happened. coup. This LeBron, who <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this um, as a guy who had always loved Dwight Howard before things got weird. Um, He's played on shitty teams recently. Teams that weren't really going anywhere and teams with players that just weren't as good as he was. He is now with one of the best players who has ever lived. Yep. And she's with a guy who's one of the best under-26 players in the game. And there's, you know... <laughs> There's reason to believe that he will be good. <laughs> like, we might be uh, overemphasizing his locker room stuff over his actual play on the court. And uh, if he's anywhere close to what we think Dwight can be, then he's going to be perfect for this team because JaVale McGee can't do it all by himself. You know what I'm saying? Shocking and, right. Uh, right. Um, and Dwight can still, like, two years ago, he was still a player. who could change a basketball game he didn't change every single one of them but he could change any single one of them if that makes sense uh and there's going to be nights i mean i swear to god there have to be nights where lebron james doesn't play and where anthony davis doesn't play like you should try to play at least one of them every game but there's a world in which dwight howard is the third best player on the lakers and uh that's something that i don't even think is like unlikely it's like a good player who has had injury on bad teams and is now on the lakers and gets to compete for a title that all if if it wasn't dwight howard we would be thinking to ourselves oh this is good this is great this Mm -hmm. is his chance you know like this is the sort of player who if he gets a ring he'll probably go into the Hall of Fame if he isn't already. Yeah. Um, And, you know, like, what's his competition? Like, Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma? Dwight Howard at his best is obviously better than either of those guys. He's better than both of them put together. So I think we will have some Dwight games this year. I really do.
0: I hope we do. I I agree with you, man. When he was in Orlando, I loved Dwight Howard. Uh, Yeah. I loved the whole Superman mantra and the whole, you know, goofy uh, personality. And it just seemed like it's graded on people since then. And I would love to see him return to some sort of level of competence uh, this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, odds are that it's all a big disaster and LeBron never wins a ring with the Lakers and next year they're bad again and he demands a trade and comes to the Knicks. But, like, whatever. Let's Let's root for nice things. Totally. Exactly. Why can't nice things happen to L.A.? huh? (laughs) Yeah, man. God, Lakers. those poor bastards, dude. They just, I just want something. I just want them to have something nice (laughs) once, just
0: once. Uh, Speaking of nice, before we wrap the show up, uh, one of the things that we are going to do at the end of every show is we're going to to talk about our favorite things from the week and just in life in general, obviously once the league starts and when the NBA season begins, maybe these things will be or more, more or less particularly NBA themed. But generally, I feel like it's nice to end the show on a positive note and just talk about things that you've been enjoying recently. So, Natty, what's been one of your favorite things of this week?
1: Not to toot my own horn, but I made my Fantasy Baseball World Series. So oh, that's one guy. of my favorite things. I know. I know. It's fine. Drink it in, you know, just <laughs> absorb it. Bask in my um, I, You know, basketball's coming back, which is great. Uh, And I would just like to tell people that uh, the Boban, Boban Marjanovic, is playing in this tournament. So if you needed another reason to watch, go watch that dude, because he's great. Uh, He's on Joker's team, actually, which will be incredible to see if they play at the same time. That would be incredible. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I need to see that. Yeah. Oh, and it's also been lovely here in New York for the past couple of days. So that's nice, too. How about you, man? How's Ann Arbor? Ann Arbor's delightful. Uh, I'm
0: so jealous. It was pouring rain earlier this week, but now it's, it was a beautiful day today. Um, Yeah, the things that have been one of my faves, so the the Star Wars, they released the trailer or a sneak peek for the Rise of
1: Skywalker coming out in December. Sure, Um, arguably the worst title of all time in human history, but sure, it's cool.
0: Not really kind of resonating with what I was looking for, but- Uh, But it did have what everyone was freaking out about was Darth Ray and her foldable (laughs) lightsaber, which is like, on one hand, dope. On the other hand, it's like, when would you ever need it folded? What's the point of a foldable lightsaber? Um, But I'm totally here for it. And also in in ties with that, and maybe it'll just be illusions that they reference. I saw a tweet a long time ago that was basically saying that John Williams in an interview who does all the music for Star Wars, he said that every- every piece of score that he's ever written will be in The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, interesting. Which in my head, I immediately went to the Darth Maul theme for Phantom Menace. And does oh, that mean no. we're going to have a Darth Maul sighting? Or is that what's going to be playing when Rey has her foldable lightsaber and unfolds it to be dual wielding? Are we going to hear the totally. Darth Totally. Oh my God, which dude. She's just going to make me stand up in the middle of the theater and start shouting for pure joy.
1: That just makes me think, like... Are we going to get a Qui-Gon Jinn sighting? (laughs) Like, is he going to be a Force Ghost? This, like, the problem that I have is obviously the new lightsabers are wicked. They're just so cool looking. But is every movie going to have to one up? You know, like, can't, yeah, like, get off my lawn, kids. What's wrong with (laughs) Luke's boring sort of blue lightsaber? (laughs) Like, come on, man. It was simple. Yeah, it's an elegant weapon from. We don't Uh, need to complicate it more than it already is. But, yeah, I mean, like, all of the Star Wars stuff is amazing, and it's – the one question I had was, do you feel like it's the end of this trilogy, but do you feel like it's the end of this cast? That's a good question.
0: I mean, so Disney's doing – they're, like, now building out their whole Disney Plus channel their whole streaming service with a bunch of like seemingly like movies or at the very least TV shows. Like I know they're doing the TV show about Boba Fett and his kind of like Mandalorian uh, yeah, hell which yeah. Which looks dope. Challenge accepted. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had some sort of thing where they are doing like maybe spin-offs with the characters on Disney Plus. I do know that the showrunners for Game of Thrones are doing the next three star wars is which are supposed to come out like 2022 2024 and 2026 but i don't know if that's supposed to be in reference to this trilogy or if it's supposed to be like a whole new you know or this whatever now what do you call nine movies this whole world storyline narrative i
1: don't know but i mean that doesn't fill me with hope that it will end well thank you very much (laughs) uh jesus that's it's crazy that people get signed for three movies at once but um yeah it's the world we live in like i think that everyone in the world would watch oscar isaac on a in a solo star wars movie like everyone in the world would watch just the adventures of ray right so i i mean there's just so much money i've i agree i think like all of them will have a standalone something or like they'll be the focus of the next sort, trilogy right
0: something will go on with them yeah i mean i still to this day i just re watched it recently rogue one is one of my favorite films of like the last three years I thought that was just an absolutely incredible movie. And it was one of those, and it was a movie where I knew from the, cause I'm have seen star Wars and, and I'm a nerd. Like you knew everyone was going to die in that movie. And yet I still was yeah. like emotionally invested in everyone. I was like, Oh my God, I love this. I need more. I thought that yeah. was incredible. So they can do it. Like they can make ex- really good standalone star Wars movies that don't have any, you know, players or, or, or overlap with the kind of OG trilogy storyline, um, you know, kind of have, yeah, sure. but I'm sure they are, I'm sure they have huge plans all for Disney plus and what they're going to roll out.
1: I mean, the thing with uh, star Wars is that they're going to have to start doing genre films, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a star Wars horror movie, uh, just oh, because actually- there's going to be so many of them, you know? So just like, when the books were getting pumped out after the Timothy Zahn trilogy back in the day in the old expanded universe, uh, like they're gonna start letting different people do different things with the universe. Yeah. So, you know, which I'm here we, for. Let's do this. Yeah. Like it's there. There's one thing that we know for sure. It's that Chewbacca, C3PO, and R2D2 will be in absolutely <laughs> all of them, and. The Millennium Falcon is Chewie's ship, and R2D2 is the hero of all of these stories. He's the one that saves everybody all of the time. I feel like there three be... POs there too.
0: I feel like there <laughs> and CPO three POs in the quarter. Uh I need there needs to be a, a like a a thirty for thirty about R2D2
1: actually being the one who saved the galaxy. Yeah, his his Vorp is like sky high. He's right. just like. He we we didn't know that he could fly in the original trilogy, but and he, he still saved can. everybody. Yeah, totally. So that's nice. He has like um, a
0: litany of lightsabers just stored up in him that he can yeah. fire out to whomever
1: needs one at any time. And like I forget, but didn't the prequel trilogy say that Anakin built either three PO or it was three PO? Right? It wasn't R two. No, R two. R two
0: was. It yeah, R2, he, R2 was, uh, it was it, the. In the pilot, in the ship that he steals from the, uh, Naboo when he's, like, fighting the the big Death Star thingy-dingy of that first one of Phantom Menace.
1: Right. So, it's like, it's such a weird touch because what is 3PO's, uh, oh. yeah, like, just- what does he do? <laughs> Yeah. And it's weird that Darth Vader as a child meant, you know, it's like his rosebud. But like, if you took 3PO out of all of the stories, like, would anything really change? <laughs> I, I mean, not to, of- yo, not to downplay Goldenrod. I love that guy. But <laughs> I, I uh, love the idea of
0: 3PO as Darth Vader's rosebud. <laughs> the last thing is Darth Vader's like dying when he gets thrown, you know, instead of yeah, 3PO. He's like, 3PO
1: oh wait in return i mean like he's instrumental in getting the ewoks to help out oh that's true he does translate for them human basics whatever they're called in that galaxy but you would think that a dude like a jedi warrior would have been able to like get out of those ropes languages (laughs) yeah right right just like a simple bind it's like hmm
0: interesting wonder what i can do with the force maybe i can just
1: untie these ropes that are around my wrists Totally. No, I'm just gonna bide my time and then make 3PO be a god. because uh, that'll really help his self-confidence.
0: I'm gonna use the force to lift him up in the air as opposed to lifting me up and out of this place. Right, totally. Cool. Well, we just poked every hole in the Star Wars universe as we possibly could. On our first I mean, podcast. that's
1: what they're there for. We yeah. love Star Wars. We wouldn't do this if we hadn't seen absolutely everything. Right. Uh, there's new clone wars coming out, I think, which is Ooh. totally awesome. Uh yeah. I, that, that's the one thing that I think Star Wars can make a big splash with is like, if you gave us a live action Ahsoka, that would be
0: mm, so yeah.
1: goddamn cool. That would, be dope. that would be dope. Awesome.
0: Well, there you go, everyone. A little basketball talk, a little Star Wars talk. This is, I feel like this is an accurate representation of what you're getting yourself into when you subscribe and give us five stars and tell us how amazing and excited you are for the NBA season.
1: Totally. And then go buy a Mason Plumley poster and put and then- it up on your wall.
0: Hey, anyone who tweets us uh, a picture of their Mason Plumley poster will give you a, a firm pat on the head and a, and a handshake. <laughs> I,
1: don't know. I really
0: hope he dominates in the start of it. It would be so amazing. It would be incredible. We will track, we will track everything he does uh, with precision. Uh, so make sure to subscribe. We're on everywhere. You can find your podcasts. Uh, we are under the fake teams podcast channel. So look for fake teams where you get your podcast, iTunes, uh, on Spotify, on Google, um, follow us on Twitter at the long Two podcast. Uh, and you can follow myself at Pete M Rogers. Natty is too cool for Twitter, but at some point we'll get him on here. Uh, and you can follow him
1: when that happens. Twitter's too cool for me. They, just, they said <laughs> hey. no when I tried. They were like, dude, what are you going to say? I'm dude. like, come on. We're hanging out without you. Just, it's cool. It's fine. Just, just
0: accept your fate. It. Accept it. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, we will talk to you next week. See
1: ya. Have a great week, man. Bye.